in the studio today, we have William Bailey, who needs an introduction because he he is he's a, a little-known man who smacks a little plastic ball back and forth over a net all day, every day, although currently not because he's injured. Yeah. So on that note, we've brought in our old physio Jason as well. So big, big up, Jason. Thanks for coming in. Um, you've, you've been a massive help. I'm speaking on behalf of Will here. Massive help to Will and to me. So we're going to chat a little bit of nonsense about injuries, table tennis, bloody blah. I was like fighting off like Brazilian children. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, not for you. No, away. You're just a, vo- you're just, you're just a volunteer. You're just a volunteer. You're on, you're on, you're on the sidelines. You're watching on. That's, that's all you've got. Johnny Vegas was in the stands next to me. It was hilarious. But we were obviously nervous. But I don't think he, he understood the gravity of it. It kicked off from there. And, and yeah, I just said, do you realise what you've done? So this is the final of the Paralympic Games. You're live on Channel 4. This is the height of professionalism, isn't it? Because like we've recorded episode one like after the preview, and at the end of the last episode, we said Ellie Simmons is going to be on the show next, and then I mean, you know, Jason, well, two handsome yeah. guys, but Ellie Simmons, yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry about that. I, I remember seeing Ellie on top of a, a table dancing away in Rio. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's great. Right. So basically. Obviously, me and Will have been playing table tennis for how many years? I started when I was 10, so that's 20 years ago. Will, you were? I was about uh, sort of seven when I first started, picked up a bat, but obviously didn't start playing playing properly, really, till till about 15, so quite 16, so quite late, really, when I really started playing. Obviously, I was just playing as a hobby player so before. Yeah, so we've, we've known each other a long time. Yes. And uh, we're actually currently living together as well. So uh, we have the pleasure of... I have the pleasure of his professionalism... And yes. also his forgetfulness of leaving, yes. leaving his lunch on the side, and I've got to pick up in the morning. Uh, sorry about that, it. mate. Yeah, anyway, all so, good. Sorry about that. And uh, so we've both done three Paralympics now, mm-hmm. um, so we've got a lot of experience. And Jason was with us in in Rio. Rio. Um, and for me personally, Jason was a, a massive help. But pre-match as well. Not not aside from physio duties, I think the physio's got an important role. Like mm-hmm. you know, because I'm a very like I'm uh, as a player, I'm quite. I like to be chilled out, and and you played a very good role for me. Like a little bit pre-match and just chatting a little bit of nonsense, a little bit of banter, which you know, aside from being a physio, that really helped me. To be fair, it, it's a real thing. So there is a, an agony ant style role. So each of you behave differently pre pre-match. So um, for instance, say like with Rob, it would be talking about anything and anything outside of the match and just, just having a bit of a chit-chat. Some others wanted to, uh, a little bit of trash talk about who they were playing or whatnot, but it's just it's just trying to fit in to, to help you kind of feel ready to play. I'm definitely a trash talker, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bluff it. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it's great, mate. The, the thing is, when you're surrounded by people as driven, I, I can't play table tennis at all or other sports really <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, football I'm, not bad not bad football go on yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that plays football <clears throat> for the club <laughs> um, but, but yeah and I've done some I've done some sport myself but I've never been good so it's, it's a nice way for us to kind of piggyback on, on the journey and enjoy and with Tokyo coming up the uh, the fear of missing out now is, is getting really strong, strong with me um, Will's got that as well I think haven't you no Will's no, smashing yeah. he'll be fine I'll be there. he's got enough yeah. time yeah, hopefully, man. Hopefully, I mean, it's a dream, isn't it? And that's what we all train for. And yeah, exciting, really, Tokyo. Apart from all this going on with the coronavirus and stuff like that, yeah, isn't it? That's, know, what, that's what's making me think. It, you know, might give you a chance, though, mate. Might give, yeah, you a might chance. give me a little bit of delay. I know. Might be handy. Yeah. Just uh, buy shares in Dettol because apparently that that kills coronavirus. So uh, just go really? spraying. Yeah, oh, just brilliant. go spraying. Get that. There, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Give give give. Uh, Will a little bit more time if we can postpone the games a little bit that'd be perfect yeah. we might have a bit more chance in the team event as well exactly yeah. let's do it because I'm not sure I can carry you mate I'm not oh, no, sure no, no, no. <laughs> I'm you might have to yeah. you might have to no we've got a very good chance so um, yeah every day we're, we're kind of it's in the forefront of our minds and oh, definitely. we'll see just come back from back up from physio now, haven't you? Yeah, just come back. I'm, I'm doing a lot of How's it going at the moment? It's yeah. going all right, yeah. It's going, I mean, it's my first week back in like Sheffield up north so it's like the first few days really so obviously it was uh up and down obviously like Jason knows more about ACL injuries and uh, you know those sort of recoveries and stuff like that I found it very difficult more difficult you know I've, I'm quite a you know as you guys know quite a determined character and I think yeah. I'm quite tough I thought I was quite tough but I actually thought found this quite hard yeah. I'm, not gonna, I'm not ashamed to admit it you know the no, first definitely. few days when I was in it after the surgery and stuff like that whew, 
didn't half hurt and then and then just like the the lack of movement that I had and the lack of feeling like I was capable of doing anything was was quite like just quite hard mentally to take but now I feel much better yeah. and getting, getting I think getting, no matter how strong a person you are no matter how driven you are being injured is always going to be demoralizing because mm. you can't do what you really want to do and you can't get better and I think that's where a physio comes in important important role as well you know when when, when you're injured you're demoralized and it's, things aren't as easy as when you're not injured and I think Jason you were really good at especially a kind of being understanding of that and, and kind of raising our morale and our spirits a little bit Thanks, and it, it doesn't need to be a, a loving because I I've jumped <laughs> oh. ship now and just gone into private <laughs> practice and cashed in really. But yeah. uh, so shame on me. But get out. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I took the easy way. But the the truth is, um, with something like an ACL, yeah. it, it's hard because you have to go slow to go fast. So there are, there are healing time frames. There are for someone who's driven as will to who just will just kill training to. Yeah. We are always having to like rein him in. So, if you say the goal today is to get your knee straight, and that's the only goal for today, that's a really frustrating goal to yeah. achieve. It's rubbish. And some of the the initial kind of six twelve week rehabs, yeah. just it's it's about learning to move again. It's about getting muscles firing. It's getting over the inhibitions. When you get into the, like the the fun stuff and the jumping around and the gym and and everything else, yeah. and that's fine. But this bit's hard. This bit's really really tough. But it's just it's just head down, move forward, head down, move forward. So, Will, how how did you like end up doing it in the first place? Just jumped off a table. So it's like in my, in my training and uh, jumped off a table and um, sort of as soon as I landed, I I've never felt a feeling of, of pain like it. To be fair, like um, I felt what I felt in my in my leg is my bone moving over the other bone. So it's like just like like twisting and going right down. And so you can I, actually like feel that absolutely in, in the leg. feel it. Yeah, absolutely feel it. And, uh, and I'll, I remember, and it popped as well, so I, felt, I heard a pop. And then when I landed, I, I don't know if it did, but this is what I felt. I felt it pop back in or something happened. Like it felt like it was like reconnected or something like that. But then like I, I looked at my leg and I, I, I expected when I looked up, I expected to see it broken or something like that or like in half. It was that much pain. I just expected it to like literally be like lopsided, literally totally fling, flung off. It, it was that bad. And then I looked down and it was like straight. And I was like, oh, wow. It was like I've not broken my leg, and I was like I was like relieved because I didn't really know about an ACL. Obviously, hearing you hear about footballers getting them, rugby players getting them, but I just thought, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fine. But then you had the scan, and then like yeah, then that, I, you you realised that it's exactly a bit, I had the bit scan. Of a worry this yeah the scan. No, I walked. I, I got up and uh, someone just like was just like supporting me, and I, when I was walking up to the physio room, I just kept uh, feeling my leg just like give way. And I was like, this is really weird, but maybe it's just bruised, you know, maybe it's just like, it's just like feeling sensitive. So just like, and it just kept giving way that night. I remember just walking back up to my bedroom uh, in the hotel and I was just like, just like giving way. But yeah. Because you were in Strictly at that time as well. And then you had to put out a Strictly, of course. Yeah. Like, that must have been like, you, oh, you, you must have been like thinking, oh, jeez. So I was more worried like just about Tokyo. I was, I, was, I was thinking, especially when I heard the news about what the doctor said when he said, you've torn your meniscus, your ACL. You know, I was annoyed, mate. And you're I was, you're yeah. supposed to be doubles partner, mate. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, it's, it's a big literally one. been ringing him up, checking he's not doing anything stupid. You're like, come on, well, you know, you're doing your rehab, like, exactly, yeah, exactly. But um, coddling. I'm, I'm on the road now, so yeah. I mean, I, I was for that dark few few months, but then it was good to get advice of, off the the physios and Jason as well. I got advice from the guys from here, still here, and I think um, it's helped me on my on my sort of decision making and. Hopefully I'm on a better path now. Now I've come up to Sheffield and restart again another sort of rehab because I was rehabbing it, obviously trying to go through without an operation, which didn't work, but yeah. You were saying that aside from the injury, you were saying the dancing might help your table tennis as well in terms mm. of stuff that you've learned about your body and everything. Yeah, I was thinking like my balance and stuff and I was using, you know, learning to sort of like move my move my body in different ways and, and how I could balance and how I could like adapt myself and, and I think that you can sort of like you can put that into into table tennis and and I definitely thought I thought I was just I was thinking about it when I was dancing. I was like, Oh this could help my table tennis and stuff like that and yeah. Yeah. I'll pick you up as well. I think yeah. you know an, un, an unfit William Bailey, even if he's there in Tokyo, is a massive inspiration and a massive. He's got a chance because he's always going to graft and he's always going to fight, you know. So no matter what state you're in, if you're there and on that table, you got a chance. So yeah, yeah, you, you've not forgotten 
20 years of yeah. table tennis exactly um, the thing with dancing though that's interesting is are you, you an expert yeah. well come on in so, <laughs> so my grandma's a dance teacher my mum's a dance teacher and I've I oh, I was oh, a dancer what? when I was yeah. oh, yeah, hang on yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew that <laughs> I know, I know, he's I know. kept that secret <laughs> all these years yeah, here yeah. we go you got your lessons yeah a few more exclusives right here yeah, yeah. imagine like the teenage rubbish version of Strictly um so I've danced at the Tower Ballroom. I was rubbish. It's easy being wow. a guy. It's easy being a guy. Is that how There's no you get all the women? That's how you get all the women. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but the thing is, with dancing, you're graded yeah, on right. how well you move. That is literally what you're, what you're yeah. looked at. So, yeah, the, the neuromuscular control and, and the movement patterning from... Mm. So it's not like you do a cha-cha-cha and you're just like hitting wide forehands as you're yeah, doing exactly, it. Yeah. But it's you're thinking about exactly where to put your feet. Mm-hmm. And it's a really nice thing. It's a great overlay. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll add loads of value here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was about to say, like, Jason, like, when you, like, were a physio here, when you first met these two guys, like, how was that? Two questions. Who was, <laughs> who was better? For one, who so, was better? And then who had, who, who was, oh, like, no, you know, no, the no, nicest, it, like, going, so, to, you know, so, go to the pub with, have a drink? No, so you know, it, it gets better, so... And you might have to edit some of this out. We'll see. We'll see what, what I'm allowed to say. So, <laughs> when I first came in, uh, Dave was the uh, the wild child of table tennis who was currently trying to get back on the program and and, and sort himself a, uh, a position back in. Um, from his, his, I'm so not surprised by that whatsoever. <laughs> you got the mic. No, no. I, I was going through uh, a difficult <laughs> stage of my life. I was injured as well. Yeah. So well, you know, and then you came in, sort so, of. So out, when so, I yeah. came in, I met Dave, and, mm. and everything was fine. And I thought, when people, oh God, yeah, such and such is coming in. Oh, be careful, this and that. Like, oh, that guy. I was chatting to him. He's fine. And mm. I like Dave. Dave's one of my. Like, so the reason I'm here is because I like Dave. Um, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, yeah. Will, however. Will would often complain about about me um, not being his personal physio and giving him a, a one-to-one yeah, sure. rub down after every treatment sure. session and training session. But sure. you know, there are 16 people in the squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, these two are good. The main things with Will are that I uh, I think I know my sport and I think. Will knows better, so I have lost bets to Will based on the. the I, I didn't think uh, Nadal would do as well as he did. Okay. Will Will was uh, I thought I thought Nadal was done, but he's yeah. proved everybody wrong. Uh, Will was having none of it. Um, he's he's a big Tyson Fury fan, yeah, yeah. and he's been he's been man. banging that drum for a long time. Even when Tyson was banned and, yeah, and not doing the best, yeah. he's been uh, he's been banging that drum for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's right, but uh, no, it's great. Yeah, I find it interesting though. Uh, you say you know that I was a bit like, and I can agree, I was quite demanding as a as a, as a player, just because um, I, th- I think I think it's difficult to get that balance in a single sport where you're like, uh, I've learning over the years that you've got to be a team player even in a single sport, and I think at the time, and I think still now, I, I'm very selfish in terms of like, but I do think about my team teammates sometimes, <laughs> but I think uh, I want to get the best from myself, so I was just like, if I could use people around me as much as I could then I'll try you know if, if, if I could if I could use Jason every day if I can if I can if, if I can take away a couple of other people's physio sessions for my own benefit absolutely all day long because I seriously thought I could win a gold medal and I thought do you know what I, I everyone else would do it if, if, they, if they were desperate and I was desperate like every day I was going to bed desperate to win a gold medal if you're desperate if you've got that mentality where you're you're desperate like you're like oh, come here come here I need you you're like yeah. come here come here I need you let's get this done you know what I mean that was my mentality and you won yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you so, won and it yeah. works for yeah. us it's a it's a resources perspective yeah. um, everything to do with kind of UK spot funding etc means mm. I, I was a three day a week physio yeah. looking after a 16 squad team of Paralympians yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's, it, impossible. It's, funny. it's impossible. It is impossible. It's impossible. So, I asked a lot of the a lot of people that it's literally impossible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but yeah. the the goals are to try and uh, try and find a way. But it does it does come into a good point. So, um, Will's been on Talksport, and I love Talksport. Um, yeah, and however, as a physio, I can often like be banging my head because when an athlete's injured, and they'll go, the old pros will say, oh, you know when you're injured, just play him. You know when you're injured, just yeah, play him. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not true because like every athlete has this drive every athlete thinks mm. even with a bit of an injury they're better than the others mm. and it's down to like the coaching team to have the strength to say actually a fit you yes you are the best in the world mm. but at 
you're, you're not, not you're yeah. not even our best player anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the bits that are difficult. So again, you hear talks about going, oh, no athletes, no. An athlete would always want to play, yeah. even if that. Their leg's going to fall yeah. off. If you can play now, you would have a yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. It's just the That's way true, of it. It's, yeah. it's what winners do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's true. If you, if you, it, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like anyone. If you, like, for me, if the Paralympics was now, I'd still try and bluff my way through, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my leg would probably fall off, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I'd try. You know, but we've got those K tapes. You'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strap it on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's my job not to disagree with you, though, isn't it? You know, I'm I'm your teammate, and I I I I share your opinion, mate. To be honest, you, like you say, you've got to be selfish as a as an athlete, and it's interesting to hear you say that, Jason, because I'm I that I that resonates that resonates with me big time. Like I've I've been injured, and I, you you've got an ego when you're an athlete, mm. like whether you like it or not, and I think that kind of confidence and stuff it, it, it comes out as and when you're injured it, you, it kind of it knocks you a little bit but you, you're stubborn enough to kind of you know you still think you can do it so yeah, yeah. it's tough it's tough mentally mm, but I think uh, I think those sort of uh, those sort of like selfishness that's those sort of selfish like sort of thoughts that come into your head like oh, I want this I want this you know we need to get this done I think um I this always, is why the, I, I also yeah. had the feeling of like I wanted the team to do well in yeah. the back of my head as well. So I was like I I had a guilty feeling inside as well. Like I knew what I was doing was asking a lot. So I, I wasn't like just doing it and thinking oh this is brilliant. I was also thinking oh, sh- feeling we, a bit we, bad. So yeah. I was thinking feeling sometimes thinking oh everyone else has got to get treatment as well or everyone else has got to get what other support S and C. You know I could ask all day long for a full time S and C just personally to stand by me go through every single session. Trust me, I've asked. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's not, it's not, not, you know, I'm still thinking, oh, actually, when they, when they break it down and someone sat us next to me and go, well, look at it, we've got 16 players here. You know, it's not yeah. like that, is it? You know, it's hectic, isn't it? Especially in the Paralympics as well. You yeah, know, it's not, match prep and stuff. Yeah. You, you're just thinking about yourself. But, but the more, but then, the more success we get, the more, you know, look at people like Andy Murray, people like, like I watched the documentary mm. and like the amount of support that he's got, one to one, everything, you know, and that's what the dream is, isn't it? Yeah. For every athlete. Yeah. it's just funding it's, mm-hmm. it's just resources and, and doing and it's, it's kind of like that, the, the post-war innovation you see like mm-hmm. when we're under con- constrictions like this we have to uh, we have to adapt and try and find ways so I'd run like group classes for stretching because yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it like one to one and try and make sure everyone's as independent with their own uh, recovery strategies as possible but yeah you you try and find a way I suppose exactly and you mentioned like this like competitive rivalry and um, we kind of discussed it with Kristen and uh, Jack in the last like episode um, like those two are kind of like the best two in the world in their in their sport and for you two like David well you live with each other yeah. I mean how how's it like how does that like resonate like living with each other going out to Coventry last night for a do and then you know practicing and then you know being competitive we were actually discussing this last night well weren't we like it's 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 something which um, we, we we were on the we were on the driver and we had a proper heart to heart. We've grown a lot as a pair, um, and to be fair, Will's in the class above me. I haven't actually played doubles with him for a fair few years, but in 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 our early years, we played together. We played against each other a lot, and you know we were a couple of hotheads at some point in the past, and we've had our differences. But you know it makes you stronger a lot of the time. And I think going on about the dynamic of a single sport. You know the dynamic between playing a team event is something which I really like these days. I love it because I've never really had that opportunity. I've never played team event in the Paralympics, other than when we played together in Beijing, mm. and uh, we weren't very experienced back then. And and I think I remember having an argument after the, we lost to China basically in the first round, and we weren't really in it. And you know I thought you know Will Will was a, probably a, a stronger person than me back then, and well for sure. And I, I was a bit you know. I played okay, played good, but we'll, we'll, we lost. And I, I was like, well, we lost to China, you know, it's okay. But Will was deeply angry that we lost. He really wanted to win. And, and it kind of flared up and we had a bit of an argument. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah these yeah. things happen, don't they, but, in sport? But, that's... you know, looking looking now, how far we've come, we've got mm. a really good relationship. And, you know, um, that dynamic of, of a singles and team, like, you know, you want everyone to do really well because it affects you as well. The better the team does, the better the better opportunities you've got. You know, with physio but I think and all that uh, stuff, so. I think I think that's what's changed since since Beijing two thousand eight. Like, I mean, it was kind of like expected and, and accepted that GB weren't going to be that good. Mm. I, I felt that. I felt like we were yeah. kind of like 
okay, well, if you just go there and just, like, try not to embarrass yourself. That's what I felt yeah, like yeah, at yeah. the time. You're like, just let's try and be competitive. Yeah. And that didn't really, like, sit that well set well. No, yeah. I didn't sit well with me, the whole attitude and the whole expectations. It didn't sit well with me at all. I, I remember leaving there in a really bad way after Beijing thinking this is like rubbish this is cr- this is rubbish I want to give up or or we're going to try and win some medals because I went to like, I went to China after yeah, that yeah. I went to China in 2009 so it's just I, th- I think that that fire is there but the fire causes problems as well doesn't it yeah like that fire is, da- is dangerous because you, and you have to control the fire yeah. It's hard for me to control the fire, especially this I think time. It comes, especially this time of year, comes with experience, yeah. though. You yeah, have you, to be in in fiery situations no, to no. know how to deal with them, like big pressure cookers. You know, you know, we're older now, we're more experienced, and and we're, we're there for each but other. You look at you look at players like, and I wonder if I'm ever going to get out of it. I might not. I've still got the fire going now. You can probably tell yeah. with a passion in my voice. Um, and you look at pe- people like, I wonder if I've got a problem. But you look at like people like Roy Keane or someone like that. That's never gone. Yeah, like, he's still he's still got that now. So I'm wondering. I wonder. I don't think I'm ever anywhere near that level, but my intensity is something that I probably need to work on. You know, because I do fire at people and I do go at them. Yeah, I think uh, we in a, in a good, but in a, I try and do yeah. it in a positive way. But it sometimes comes across, I guess. You know, when I say, "Oh, this isn't good enough," now we should be competing with these guys. Sometimes yeah. that can come across as a but negative way. Like it? living together is is I can see that because you do need to chill out sometimes, <clears throat> and I I bring that out of you, and I do need to kind of knuckle down and. You know, have that. I've got the fire, but I need I need it. I need a shoulder around me sometimes, and, mm. and you give that to me. But it's it's learning about your teammates sometimes, and mm. it's really key because when you're younger, you don't you, you kind of don't really realise that you're not conscious of of all these things that go around in people's brains. But when you're a bit older and you've been in those situations, you kind of get it. Yeah, I think one thing that's quite uh, interesting that most people won't realise is the the level of quality behind the setup and the support network yeah. around you guys. So though we're saying it's constrained before, the training hall is beautiful and it's it's got all the accolades around. It's like the size of a, an aeroplane hangar. Yeah. Um, but there's a performance director, there's head coaches, yeah. there's there's a massive team of physio, strength and conditioning, psychology, yeah. performance, lifestyle. And their job is exactly to like manage these personalities and keep your spinning together. Because although it is an individual sport, you have to compete and play and train together. It, you are always in the pressure cooker together. So, yeah, from the outside, it is really hard for everyone else. But they do a sensational job of keeping that thing moving. And I've worked in different sports uh, outside of, of institute sport as well. And even like football, for instance, it doesn't have this level of support network around. Like, look at the fiasco of Paul Pogba and, and things like that. There's last time when he came back from his ACL. Oh, we've done it. It's fa- you know, fastest rehab of an ACL in the history of football. And then it goes again. You're like, come on, guys. Like, there are there are things around. It's so... When I first came in, I did work in a silo. So you say being competitive, I want to be the best physio. Yeah. And understanding that is actually just leading from the middle it took me a long time of just helping. I wanted to be known as the guy who can fix it all. Mm. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Mm. And that was, again, the network around that helped my development. Mm. So, again, yeah, you guys have grown up, but you've also matured and changed and, mm. and gone through this thing. So your fire is fantastic. And Roy Keane hates football, and yet he's still passionate. You yeah. love table yeah, tennis. Love it, yeah. Is it, dif- yeah, is it different it. with like Olympic sports, Paralympic sports? Like, I, I just get the feeling there's way more. Every, there's someone injured in the hall at least every day. In, in our squad like in the Paralympics just so, with the nature of having a disability and stuff I feel like we have injuries all the time you know that's true and, and the thing that I always used to kind of get frustrated by is if a, 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 an injury was perceived as part of the disability so right. if someone was injured oh, it's just it's because of his disability I'm like no we can yeah. resolve that yeah, yeah, yeah. or no this might be why we need to reflect yeah. and change and it caused loads of conflict and, and, and I had to do so much growing and learning I probably wasn't the the best at again how I delivered things that was a big reflection of me over the last few years but it is it, it's too easy with Paralympics to kind of just dismiss it as a, as a Paralympic problem yes there are injuries all the time because fundamentally without saying awful your bodies are flawed yeah. in a physical way yeah, and yet your table tennis you're putting in 20-25 hours of repetitive movement which breaks able-bodied hips yeah, yeah, yeah. let alone Paralympic hips I was about to say you, surely you're going to get that stereotype and I guess Jason like for you coming in like for the first time did you think geez, this year I've got to kind of get around that and then kind of learn from that also because I'd be the same like if I was a physio and I mean I'd love to try it like one day just to sort of see how it goes I'd be absolute rubbish I reckon um, starting out but I reckon you know like for me I'll be learning so much from these guys because it's a different environment and you know they've got different perspectives all the time so I had a chip on my shoulder about being 
not being really good or, or being perceived as ignorant maybe um, so when I first came in I got everybody's file and I learned and read every piece of research about every single disability within the within the squad and then I could start to then build a profile myself of where the problems are going to rely and, and, and how we can try and change things and it's a constantly evolving process the guys who've taken like Morag and Jill who run the, the show now They'll be, they'll be constantly doing this. It's not me. It's just how you have to work within parasport is you have to flex and adapt. Like the, Their bodies change. Everybody's bodies change. But it's just how can you find a performance? Because you can get a performance impact with all athletes, but if you can understand the disability and then try and change some some physical, whether it's the strength conditioning or some physio stuff or some of the training techniques, we can try and get performance impact. So Billy Shilton was one that we spent a lot of time with just trying to like work on his coordination etc because he would go crashing through barriers and as funny as it was it's ridiculous um so again like trying to help him work on on coordination gave the coaches a, a, a human being with a body that can tolerate a little bit more training if that makes sense I guess it's like a case by case basis for like each athlete as well yeah exactly it's fantastic but then on the chip on the shoulder side so I was a contractor with um olympic sports and swimming and boxing a few of the bits and then I was like I finally got the head rollers for these guys with Paralympics and I'll talk to patients in private practice and they'll ask me if I was a volunteer at Rio. And I was like, how is a head physio? Yeah, exactly. This is a dream. This is, I've just you're just, achieved you're just, you're just, you're my just career goal. You're just this a volunteer. You're on, you're, you're on the sidelines. You're watching on. That's, that's all you've like, got. Paralympics exactly. is harder. There's bits missing. There's exactly. extra bits. It's, it's really exactly. difficult. <laughs> Can we talk about Rio? Because I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Watching your game, your final, was yeah. class. Like, oh where were you? Were you with me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a funny, yeah. Were, Johnny match. Vegas was in the stands next to me. It was hilarious. Yeah. But we were obviously nervous, but I don't think he, he understood the gravity of it. No. We were like, we put obviously all into, and he was like, he wanted you to win, obviously, but I was I was real nervous. Yeah. Like I was so, like, probably more nervous than you. Well, the Johnny Vegas thing. So we're a really tight team, and and it's great. And yeah. like like Dave was saying before, we can have a bit of banter, mm. and we can have like social chats. It's not just like a professional environment, like where it's a bit cold and clean. You do spend time, and you do get emotionally involved. But I got bumped by the BBC or someone. I had to move seats so they could put Johnny Vegas in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the lads. I was like, I was sat there, so I had to go sit on the fringe for the blooming gold medal match. That's brilliant. <laughs> I remember. I remember walking out and. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, jeez, I'm playing against a Brazilian. I remember thinking, this is going to be raucous atmosphere. I lost my and voice. I, I remember looking out, the first thing I saw on my left-hand side was like, I don't know, it must have been a few hundred or maybe more GB people in that first bit of the crowd. And all I could hear was GB, GB, or whatever, will, will, whatever. And I felt massive the support. Channel. I, felt, I felt massive support yeah. like straight away. What's the chant we were singing? Uh, yeah. oh, it was some joke. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I remember I had a little chuckle when I went out there. But yeah, yeah it made a massive difference. I'll tell you one thing I remembered, which was for your team match mm. against China. So, this is one of the greatest bits of social engineering I've ever witnessed. Mm. So, Tim Pitt, who uh, was a psychologist at the time, Tim. Tim's man. a, a legend within, yeah. within sport, and, uh, and Ross Wilson's family, uh, who's one of the players. Yeah. So, the boys oh, were yeah. playing China. Yeah. And somehow, all of the Brazilian crowd, because what they've done as well is they've got all the kids in, so they've really packed it out. So it was a full arena, um, medal match, and China, China. And I'm thinking, oh, what has happened here? So Tim went and got loads of, like, bits of stash, um, flags, whatever, and they went up and got into the crowd and, like, literally just invaded this, like, big pocket of of a stand. And it's like, China, GB... GB, GB, <laughs> and it yeah, turned it, oh, and yeah. the, turn, the match turned. I've yeah. never seen anything like it's it. Mad. Brilliant. Yeah, that was great. Atmosphere. What was he giving them? What was he giving those kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 flags, sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Twenty quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good, good times though. Good like atmosphere. obviously, but I think, uh, um, I think Tokyo will be mad if it goes ahead. Obviously, Tokyo. Yeah. Do you, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted like Omria. I just wanted to get back to like when you won the gold medal because like in London, didn't you lose? You you won the semi, lost the final, yes. got silver. Yeah. Then in Rio, did you celebrate by jumping like onto the That's table? It. Yeah, yeah. Jump, I mean, jump I love that. Yeah, and then yeah. you got like a yellow card from the ref. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, how, yeah. How, what happened there? Then? Well, it's a long story, but I I spoke to the Israel straw who who got to fight, who got into the, the final. Brazilian yeah, the Brazilian, against, yeah. 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 Spoke to him in the sort of the you can you have to wait in a waiting area, so before the match. And I said to him, um, listen, man, 
you know, you know, you called my serves in the first match and sort of like all, all through the match, and I said, "Don't do it again. If you do, I'll call your serves." So let's just let's just call it quits, and let's just have a good match and let the best player win because I knew I was better than him. If we just went down to it and it was all fine and it was all a table tennis match, I knew I'd win, and he, I think he knew that he wouldn't. So then he, um, so then the first serve that I did, uh, he called it, and he said to the umpire, went straight to the umpire and said, "That's a foul serve." And then I said, I remember, then it kicked off from there. And, and yeah, I just said, do you realise what you've done? I said, this is the final of the Paralympic Games. You're live on Channel 4. You know, I said, <laughs> I said like, that. Nah, so I, that was the conversation yeah. I had. And then um, and then it just carried on like that. And, and it had to get ugly. And had to get ugly. And then you celebrated <laughs> so, at the end, literally. <laughs> by yeah, like that. Like yeah, because the umpire didn't that's like so, me. We so fell so out. Close. You know, the umpire wasn't happy with me. Uh, so I gave her a cuddle afterwards because she was really annoyed that I won. So that was just rubbing salt into the wound. I gave her a nice slap you, on the back as well. And then you got Johnny Vegas in the crowd in the background shouting exactly, out about exactly. the I love Johnny Vegas. I mean, you just couldn't make it up. Does he know much about, you know, does he actually? I don't think so. But um, no, I, I just remembered something. It's, do not we'll come back to Johnny Vegas. But So when you win you, and you, get, you go for your medal ceremony, you get a medal and you get like a, a, a unique little teddy. Yeah. <laughs> so Will was buzzing. He won his match. He's on the table. He's hugging the staff. It's fine. But like that buzz didn't drop off. And then he got his medal. And he's got this teddy. It's like a unique, once-in-a-lifetime little gift. Lobbed it into the crowd, right? But luckily, I managed to grab it, shoved it in my backpack, and gave it back to him to then give it as a gift to someone. Yeah. But he, I was like fighting off like Brazilian children. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, not for you. No, away. You rode that way for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> she was lucky she only got a cuddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, like after that... Uh, after that match, um, I think I think I think the happiness and the feeling of great like joy wasn't actually that long. Like, although I might have shown it and I might have looked happy throughout the tournament and the team event and all, all sorts, I was enjoying the team event. But like I remember, I remember going up to my room after that. And drained, I, you just drained. Awful, you? awful state. Yeah. And I remember, I remember going up to my room, going like it's the Paralympic Games. I won the Paralympics. I won. Ta- I've won. I've won, I've won everything I wanted to win in this sport. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, no one really knows what I've been through and, and no one really cares, which is the truth. And also no one really appreciates what I've done. Like, I, I, you know, it's the Paralympics still and it's got a long way to go. And I, th- I felt like I cried and I went, oh, fuck, this is, this, is, this is as good as it gets now. This is as good as it gets. Like, and it, it wasn't great. It, it, it felt good for three seconds. Like, as soon as I stood on the stage, it felt amazing. I had that buzz. And I stood down and I was like, was that it? I was expecting I was expecting to get supermodels you know running at me I was expecting <laughs> the world you know I was expecting to walk out and like angels to be flying down and like giving I was expecting millions of pounds the rest of my life and then you come out of the hall and it's a tap on the back from the coach well played job so stri- done Strictly, you know you it's back m- down to reality isn't it it's back yeah. down to reality you get more from being on Strictly don't you really which yeah is, you get more credit from being on Strictly Come Dancing than being a Paralympic gold which medal. is incredible but it's, it's nice it's nice but yeah. you've, you've, you've and I get more respect from doing a contemporary dance which is it was awful uh, <laughs> to being to being a fucking a really good table tennis player for my condition yeah. an unbelievable one for my condition yeah. I believe but but but, uh, I, I but it's funny isn't it it's funny because you know when you win that the whole team has put like obviously mm. I train with you every day for the last 20 years kind of thing like it's the whole team's medals. I felt a big part of that, and I was yeah. so, there's a there's a there's a photo of us in the in the kind of in the call area just after the match, not pre match, and when we had the photo with your medal and everything, and there's me holding a carton of juice. I was just like having a lovely time. I just didn't even know I had the juice in. I nearly tipped it all over myself. I was just like, you know, so pleased for you. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you, you what? I think sometimes you you don't do it for the respect that you get for winning. You do it for yourself, but it's nice to get that respect for winning. Yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. to not not for winning a goal, but for what it's taken to to get there. And, but I think know, I think when you how go, good you are at yeah, table tennis. I think when you go to to bed, and people say this, but I don't know if they really mean it. But I I actually managed to get myself in that mental state where I would go to bed thinking about it, and I'd wake up thinking about it, and it was like my life. It took over my life, and it still does now. Like I still got into that mindset again where I want to win. And when you get when you do it, it's like. Oh, that's the end of that. That's you know, the end of that. Do you know what annoys me a little bit? Not annoys. Well, I don't think annoys is the right word, but like people know that we're good table tennis players, mm. but they kind of have to measure it. Like, like how how good are you in able body table tennis? Yeah. And like, oh, how would you be? Where would you be ranked in? Blah, mate, blah. mate, since and I've like, had but, the, since I've had this surgery, uh, and since you know, 
it's got a long way to go. It's table tennis and the Paralympics is so far behind, and it, it doesn't get the respect it deserves. It doesn't because like I know how hard we train. If you if you lived with us for a long time and you saw what we have to go through and stuff, then we get that sort of respect. Mm. But obviously, people don't. You know, like I was downstairs with the boxers the other day, speaking to the guys. And they go, you, you know, you fit. When when are you going to get back? And you're only doing table tennis, like you know, you'll be back soon. You know, yeah. and I was like, well, yeah, but I've got to do a lot. You know, I've got to be good. I can't just, I can't just arrive. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've got to play. Timing, yeah, you've got, yeah. got to train. Yeah. Um, but that attitude still happens. You know, that attitude of, of like kind of thinking other sports are harder and other sports are harder. But like the amount of hours you have to put in, it's such a skill sport. The amount of dedication you have to put in is it takes over your life if you want to be the best in the world at it. Right. You know, and that's it. So a lot of sports have leagues, have championships, mm-hmm. have cups and stuff. And when you're working in Paralympics or Olympics, and yeah, don't get me wrong, some of the swimmers can go for multiple medals, but you guys get. Two one. shouts, really? One. I've only ever had one. Well, but yeah, singles. This year, and then you make can you make up a doubles chance, team yeah. that works out? And that's a four-year cycle. That's a four-year-long goal. Mm. It, yeah, obsessive is reasonable. Mm. I'm just thinking, like, I remember that, like the first time that I met you, David, like the chat that we had, you talked a lot about like perception, mm. and you talked about, like with Tim Pitt as well, but also that when you went to Beijing, like you beat the favourite, or like the home favourite and there was like no pressure on you whatsoever you got to London home games and then you know that pressure came on and then suddenly like the mindset changed and for Will I guess you know like what's has it changed for you like from Rio no, now you've won a gold medal is it you know I, I, I have to win back to back gold like is, is that like the mindset Um, it's not I don't feel that I don't feel more pressure uh, than I did in, in Rio I felt a lot of pressure in Rio um, and I, I don't think it's changed really. I still put myself under. The, I still have that expectation of myself. Um, I think. I think. I think we're very, very quick in this country to like to put people down and, and say they're finished or say they're you know they that was the peak. Especially when they get to a certain age, thirty beyond. But I see people can improve at that age. You know, you look at some of the best performances of people's careers. You look at look at some of the tennis players now, like 34, 35, like 36. Before, you? you know what I mean? And, and we can't. And, and we've got to, we've got to be more. You know, um, so many people think like the same. Like, oh, you know, what's what's really frustrating is like people people don't get a lot of athletes, especially when they want to be good, when they want to be best at something. It's like you you want to live a normal life, how a normal person lives. So you go and train normally. But if you want to be exceptional at something, you have to be maverick about it and you have to be obsessive. And I think if you're obsessive and you're maverick and you do everything you can do, then why can't you carry on do more than what people expect you to do? Like, you, you can be, can't you? You can do more and you, you don't have to have those. We're so easy to say, oh, no, you're past, you're past your best, you're plus 30. Why? Why can't I keep experimenting, mm. keep improving, keep getting better? Because we're learning. Know. We're learning from physios. We're learning from strength and conditioning coaches. That's what I'm saying. Look Some, at Tyson Fury. I yeah. saw Tyson Fury's documentary the other day on, on Facebook, right? He goes, I've only been living like an athlete for like two months of his life. Yeah. Like that last two months before the Wilder fight. He's got a he mindset a, though. He, he had a, a, he, had a, he, had a, he had a soft tissue therapist. First time he's ever had it. Stuff like that. And, um, you know, training, ice baths every night, stuff like that. I yeah. think a mindset is the most important. You, some people are born with that mindset. I think you're one who naturally has that fire in the belly, has that mindset. But it's also something which you can be exposed to and inspired by. Like, genuinely, like, I think it's having a, having a good positive mindset and that, that kind of fire is something that people can learn. But some people find it more hard, harder yeah. than others, you know. Like, that. that's... Uh, that's certainly something I can see in in sport and table tennis, like you know, and that's why you are a big inspiration to a, to a lot of people, especially kids and and you know people with disabilities as well. And I know you don't like hearing that, and maybe you don't believe it, but I'm I'm telling you telling you that now, genuinely. The the thing as well is that these caveats and these restrictions. So you know, when you get to thirty, mm. then you're getting old. That's only based on how people in the past have done it that's not we you know we start aging from like 26 28 mm. or whatever but it's not a massive super decline we're just reflecting on on how the others have done it so you see it in football you go, oh you're getting old in football why well the guys that were 30 20 years ago they they, they were rubbish then and we've got now. ronaldo now it's ridiculous still yeah. ridiculous so yeah you've got to make your own constructs and if you keep pushing and that's the thing with tyson fury I would love to see Tyson Fury keep on this athletic journey and just see for one fight the match of his mindset, his technique, and having the physical capabilities of being the best moment he could be, the best version of himself in the ring. 
That would be amazing. It'd be frightening, yeah. I love the shithousery that he's got as well. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, it? he's a good banter, <laughs> good banter. But yeah, I did find that. I, I mean, I found it fascinating when he was saying, like, oh, you know, to be honest, he was just saying, I've never had a, I've never had a soft tissue person in the evenings. I've never done the ice baths and stuff. And he goes, it's nice living as an athlete. He said that, and, he's, and he goes, he's enjoying it, enjoying feeling good. And uh, you know, he's, he said he's, you know, and that that's amazing. He was world champion. Let's not forget, he beat Klitschko. Uh, you know, at his prime. So it's like it's like you know how you can do so much, and and now he's pushed on. He's thirty one, you know, thirty thirty one, and now he'll push on, probably improve. It's like the I thing. Imagine. Everyone was saying, you know, you know, you look at Deontay Wilder, you think you're stereotypical athlete, you know, walks on. I mean, he blames the costume. I don't know why. I don't know what the hell he's on about there. But then you look at him, you know, he's got a six pack. He's got tattoos all over the place. Tyson Fury, your dad bod at times. Oh, he's come from. a fantastic place but it's like you don't have to like what you see in the surface it's not gonna you know give you like the stereotypical result of what you expect after that it's not and Tyson yeah he is carrying a bit of extra weight that the thing is that fat doesn't make you hit harder it's actually gonna like hold you back a little bit it's not we're not talking about weight punching power so if he did continue to kind of trim down and get a bit stronger like his metrics would go up he would hit a bit harder I mean you know, pillow fists knocked him out, didn't he? So it, does he need to anymore? But yeah, that you can't you can't judge him and look at him. And he's the master of that. Like winding up Klitschko the with the Batman mind, thing, yeah. he mind, is yeah. outrageous. Yeah. And you've seen a shift in him in the last few years, especially with his mental health. Like he's not as like mean with his jibes. He's, he's quite good at like he just gets under the skin with a bit of harmless banter. He's, he, he's a master of it. He's fantastic. He's, he's so so clever. There was rumours about the. I think the weigh-in and things yeah. like that and the, the weight that he came in at, he's the master at mind games. He's the master at, at just putting doubt in the other person's mind. I was, again, I followed it a lot. And just the way Deontay Wilder started the fight, it was like it was like he was just trying to see through the first couple of rounds because he was thinking about all the time Tyson Fury's been going, he's going to knock him out straight. You know, He's going to look for the knockout. And from the first bell, he was on the back foot. And it's like he got into his head yeah. so bad. Like he was, he was worried for the first few rounds. You, you know, learn the, a lot from from stuff like that. Yeah, and you and and he's obviously a gypsy. He's a gypsy fighter. You know, he's had to. He's learned through his whole life these mind games, these ways of getting little little wins. And you you know the weigh in was incredible. I, I was really like I, I I think he won it way before the fight. I think he won he won that fight like weeks before probably, and and especially just as it came closer and closer to the fight. I saw the weigh in and didn't take his top off. You know, I think there was doubts. I, th- I thought Wilder thought he's put on a bit of weight. He's not up for this. You know, he's coming really heavy, and apparently drunk loads of water and put on, you know, and down like liters of water before the fight and put on loads of what. You know, it looked really heavy, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, um, I just got reminded of you know Eddie Jones said it last night. This thing in commentary about the tea bag. You know, you don't know how good a tea bag is until you put it in some boiling water and taste it you know and see what it see what's all about you can look at a tea bag and you know you don't know if it's good but you know when, when you put it in that pressure cooker put it under some hot water that's when you really know how good it is you know mm. and it's the same with with anything in sport you know well, I was I was amazingly impressed by like just his way of handling the pressure as well like the yeah. way he just didn't look like he was bothered like he didn't look phased I, I couldn't believe it like I thought down to Wilder when he walked in looked scary I got. Yeah. I actually watched it, thinking it made my heart race when he's walking with that costume on and with the eyes. It actually made my heart race, and I thought he's looking like a killer. And you just saw Tyson Fury's face, just like straight, just like deadpan. We're going to bring this into table. It's quite incredible. <laughs> no, but it was, it was, it was no, a great fight, wasn't it? The kind of, you can learn the kind of. The but he was. He, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know if that was game playing. I don't know what it was. I don't know whether that was literally. He was so confident in his own ability by that point. He was. I, I think it probably was. He was so confident that he was going to win. Uh, it didn't matter. He could. You could oh, well, could have looked like anything, yeah. and he would have been effectively him. all your all your hard work's done in the training mm. hall, and you've just got to go out there and and put it onto the paper, or put pen to paper, and, and just produce it. Mm. Really, all the knowledge is there, all the trainings there in the bank. Yeah. So this is why the next few months are key, aren't they, for mm. us? Mm. I was about to say, you guys must get like so many tips, especially like so close to an Olympic Games. I guess whether it happens or not with the coronavirus mm. and all that's, we'll see what happens there. But but you guys, you know, like if you look at like a fight individually, it's not a four-year cycle, but it is. It's still like a major, major event. Do you kind of treat that a bit like you know the prep that Tyson Fury would have like weeks before a fight is something that you would kind of you know look about maybe before games, including the press conferences, you know. 
I think I think you can. It's the same sort of psychology of terms of like, uh, you know, you have the hour with someone. You have this sort of you have the sort of time where you have to wait in the waiting area with someone. I've been bo- I've been bossed in a in a in that position before. I've been absolutely owned by someone uh, before, and that that's the you know. So it can happen. I've what been psychologically out battled before. A couple of times. Is that me? No, no, no. <laughs> once, once in the final of London, on, once it. in the final of London 2012, it yeah. took me by surprise. I got absolutely bamboozled by Jochen Vollmer because yeah. I came in ready to ready to win, ready to kill him, ready to ready to make him look stupid in front of my home crowd, and um, I had no doubt I was going to win that match. No, there was no there was no fear. You'd beaten him like ten beaten times him previously. Ten times, nailed yeah. him, yeah. and uh, the boys on the bus were going. This is you know. This is going to be a walkover. Will's beating Nikolenko, the most dangerous player mm. definitely in the world at the time. He's going into the final. Brilliant. I shook his hand. Lovely smile from Jochen. Good match, Will. You know, great match. No, I wasn't expecting it. The nicest softened me up a little bit. It's like, a great tournament. You know, your home crowd. And I was like, fucking, this is... I was like, loving it. I was really enjoying <laughs> it. I was enjoying being sat with him in the waiting area talking about how good, he, how good I was. I walked out, I was feeling great, cocky as anything. First point, it smashes it past me, gives me the big one, and I thought, I'm in a. I thought falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. I was just hanging around in the chat for an hour in the change rooms, not even focusing, not even. And then you find yourself trying to claw yourself back into this focused mindset. And that's how some people can beat you as well, isn't it? Just in that, in that room. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. The call area is a, is a strange old place, isn't it? What's your routine usually? Uh, well, I'd sort of just um, go and warm up, go and play, practice for half an hour, listen to a bit of music, and I try not to listen to too much music when I'm coming out. So about half an hour before, I'll just yeah. sit there. But like, I, I, I've learned over the years that I don't want to get too twitchy. Yeah. I'm starting to get twitchy. You Twi- know, when I have my biggest uh, walking around, like walking yeah. around for po- no point, and like getting drinks yeah. when I don't need to get drinks and stuff so, like that, and like trying to waste time. That's your. Running. That's what your jittery feeling looks yeah, like. So yeah, so you need to just sit down sometimes and just yeah. centre yourself, and then warm up before you can, you know. But you don't want to do too much. I've noticed like a lot of players just like walking around like there's no point. They're just shitting themselves. You know you what I mean? It, and they're like this. See it on them, yeah. But I think I feel better when I just sit there. Yeah, yeah. And just like, I know what I'm doing. Like, that's I it. always feel like, warm up fine, not a problem. You know, I'm, I'm very, you know, warm the body up, but my mental prep is key for me. You know, that, that call area is, is quite a nice little bit of time. You know, you do the, you do the toss up with the referee, changes, choose, choose the shirts and stuff. It's quite a nice time to get in the zone and just, you know, centre yourself, stay in the moment. And um, I think, like you say, I think a match can be won and lost there, like genuinely. I think in the, the preparation and stuff like that, you can win matches like that. If you know you've done all the physio you can do, you know you've done all the strength and conditioning, you know you've done all the training. Trust yourself. As you say, yeah. then, then then it makes you relax, doesn't it, on the table. Mm. And that's why, genuinely for me, especially, I played, I, I smashed it in Rio. I know I lost the world number one in the quarters, but genuinely, I, I smashed my prep, everything, and... Jason was a big part of that because I was having a lot of physio. Go on, Jason. I was having a lot of physio. Plug it. Plug it. I'll plug him here. Regen physiotherapy. See, before before we kind of round off in in a bit, uh, Will, I just wanted to touch on Strictly. I can't not go down that. Like, how, like, on the surface, like, how was that compared to, like, like the actual, like, the atmosphere and, you know, the vibe of what Paralympic Games is like? Well, it was... I mean, it was great. I loved it. Loved loved the training. Training with Jeanette was great, fun, and also like the just the, the the sort of like the massive feeling, the massive buzz you got every single Saturday. It's kind of like walking out into a, a match, you know, like every single Saturday you get that buzz, you get that, you know, your heart rate's going, and you know anything could happen. It's live. What was the uh, what was the highest score you got again? Uh, I don't know. Did you get into the twenties? I got a few sevens. That's about it. I got into the thirties. Come on! Oh come on! James Cracknell. (laughs) (laughs) David James. James Cracknell. Sorry about that, mate. Sorry about that. Exactly. No, no, no. Sport. No, he's a nice guy. (laughs) But um, no, I think uh, you know it's good buzz and and, uh, definitely don't regret it. It was good, good laugh and and uh, but totally different. Totally a lot easier than playing table tennis. What was it like behind the scenes? Who, who were like the best people to get on to get on with? Oh, I got on with Kelvin really well. He's a really good guy. Um, very like similar to me. Like don't usually see too many people that are similar to me. He's, he was very similar. Like he's quite intense. He's quite intense. He really wanted to really competitive. 
but he's kind of got me and I got I got him so we, we kind of like we trained next to each other as well so I remember he supported me we watched each other's dances like during the week and we like we like he like helped me obviously he was way better than me he was like amazing wasn't he so he was like helping me giving me tips on what I could do and and yeah we sort of like we had to console each other at times obviously because like you're under a lot of pressure from the professional like to get it right so he was like quite supportive as well and Mike Bushell was always good fun like so yeah it was, it was good fun have you ever been like interviewed by Mike before yeah a couple of times that yeah, must before. be quite a surreal experience you, you know you're going from that you know like how are you doing Mike and then it's like professional environment so you're just chilling behind yeah. the scenes and like it was, seeing, it was. seeing his dancing ability it was you know just to be sat like with David James talking to him about like championship. I was playing championship manager 0102 when I sat next to him and I was I was managing him I was trying to sign him <laughs> I was like David why aren't you coming to me but those sort of things surreal isn't it like I, I showed him it and I was he's like I've got better stats than that I've got the most clean third most clean sheets in the Premier League history yeah so like yeah it was good it was good times so rounding it off guys like towards Tokyo like what are your expectations? How are you feeling? Are you going to be playing well at this point, do you reckon? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I'll be there and I'll be playing winning medals and trying to, you know, trying to carry this boy to a gold medal in team event as well. That's <laughs> 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 to be said, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got Karabardak as well. Oh, well, we have got Paul Karabardak, the oh, legend so that is, the legend that is. And uh, we've got a few players who, who, who are still on the Maybe on Martin, the cusp Martin of, W. Perry might yeah, be there as well. On the cusp of qualifying, but me, me and Will are, are, are certain at the moment. Well, injury pending, but, yeah, um, yeah. in terms of qualification, yeah. But I think we'd be, what were we, three se- third seeds at the moment? Yeah, don't worry so, about the season. But, you know. it, but I'm just, in, in terms of an indication of uh, of whatnot, we've, we've got a very good chance. And yeah, and, um, yeah see what happens. You've just got to keep knuckling down, don't we? Yeah, 100%.